Well, good to be here with you. We're going to be taking an initial look at answering the question, what happens when you die? So stay tuned and welcome to an all new podcast entitled C2 Wait. All right, this is what we've got for the next 25 minutes. Okay, we're going to try to keep it at 25 minutes. This is what we got. We got five audio clips from interviews that we've done. Just quick, we just asked people, hey, what happens after you die? And we realized that many of the answers were actually very similar. Uh, and then there were a couple ones that were um, kind of revealed that there may be some confusion too. They were different. <laughs> they were yeah. different. Yeah. So we'll let you guys take a listen to those. Also, um, this is a simple look or an initial look at what happens when you die. Otherwise, we'd be here literally probably, I bet you, two and a half hours. Oh, yeah, easily. E easily. easily. So here's a couple things we realize need to be addressed, but we're not going to be able to address. One is, how do I know where I go? That sounds like another good podcast title. And how can I be sure yeah. going there? Well, yeah. Soteriology. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, what is heaven like? That's another big question we get a lot. Um, what is hell like? Mm -hmm. uh, some people don't even believe there is a hell. Right. And I'm going to prove to you that Jesus did talk about hell. Yeah, or they think it's there, but it's empty. Yeah, it's like nothingness, like black, like if you fell asleep in a room with the lights off. That's not what Jesus says, though. <laughs> if I don't die... I came in uh, the front room here. I was all excited until CJ came up with a clever question. What happens if I don't die? And some people are like, what? Are, pe are some people not going to die? And uh, yeah, it would be called eschatology, end times, the study of last things. What if we are alive when Jesus returns and we don't die? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what we're talking about today is not end times. It's just the end of our time. Bingo, baby. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, uh, CJ is going to start. I labeled it first thoughts. Give it to me, CJ. So, um, independently from studying for this podcast, um, there's been a lot that's been putting kind of eternity on my mind, like over the last few weeks. And it's just been like the several smaller things, I think. One of them was, you know, Christianity Today came out with this podcast about uh, Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill mm -hmm. and the, the rise and fall. And that's made me all like sappy and introspective and stuff. And, because uh, I listened to a lot of his sermons for a long time. I don't have not for a long time now. And uh, I don't know, just like the the way that you treat people might impact eternity, right? So like some of the fallout from that conversation is like mm -hmm. people stop going to church. People even stop being Christians because of some things that happened there. Can you stop so, being a Christian, CJ? Well, you can stop calling yourself a Christian. <laughs> well, were they <laughs> ever saved? Not, it was the wrong all episode, right, Brian. Right. The wrong no. episode. That was one factor. And then another was um, just some, like, really troubling conversations with other, like, you know, youth leaders and, and people in ministry where, you know, they are teaching people that either there isn't a hell or there is, but you're not going to go there. Um, you know, everybody's saved kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And just the implications of that and, like, people wandering around lost, teaching other lost people lost things mm -hmm. is, like, really, really... Uh, bothersome for me and then and then all of that just kind of like made me self-reflect and like how do I treat people how do I teach people what do I actually believe you know mm -hmm. all that stuff and it all it, like R.C. Sproul would always say like right now counts forever or right now counts for eternity or something mm -hmm. like that and I think he's right yeah and I think that this question uh has different weight 
for people in different life experiences. So um, I rarely think about what happens if I don't die. Um, I more so think about what happens when I die. But even that, it's not really crossed my mind. Obviously, I'm pretty confident. I kind of know in general what happens. But I think some people in good health and are young, like they've never even really thought about what happens when they die. And I think that there are people that are later in life and mm-hmm. or maybe sick and death is knocking at the door and they're wondering what happens when when I die? What happens when the lights go out? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a solid understanding of how the Bible describes what happens when we die is like the most comforting thing for a Christian. Yeah. Right? Actually, you, I don't know if I have the text here, but one of the texts says that. Oh, really? That the, yeah, that, well, actually, well, anyways. Did you just lie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just realized it might have been part of a study I was doing where, oh, gotcha. um, that, uh, I think it was John Piper said, the reason the Bible tells us what happens when we die is because it comforts Christians. And I think that scary, you know, death is like scary. And so we don't want to talk about, it. we watch scary deathy movies and it's scary. Right. And the reason why the Bible talks about death, well, for Christians, it's not, it doesn't scare us. Right. Um, I think that the fleshly side still carries fear. Yeah. But I think if we really, and, th- and check this out, this is important. I've said this a lot and I really believe it. If we truly understood what heaven was like, we would not be afraid to leave this earth. Yeah. Even with huge fan, we got a bunch of kids, people rely on us. If we really understood heaven and the Lord, we would not be afraid to leave this world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what what we're looking forward to um ultimately is not being rejoined with family members. Yeah. Right? Like ultimately what we're looking forward to is abiding in Christ for eternity. Mm-hmm. And like that is I think that when you have a deficient understanding of Christ, um, that may not sound that exciting, but when we start to understand like who Christ is and who Jesus is and, and who the, you know, the Trinitarian God is, the idea of spending eternity with him, like that's, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's like, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's my hope. Um, and I would say this, tell me if you agree with this, okay. that if anybody's listening right now or watching right now, and they are like, I just really don't think heaven would be that enjoyable. I think it's the right place. It's the right alternative to hell. But I'm not really that excited. Would you agree that that person either does not understand heaven or has overglorified earth? Probably both. Okay, I'll Pro- take both. Probably both. Yep. Right? There's a, there's a degree of both, I think, in that. And honestly, I think a lot of it is it goes back to shallow teaching that they've probably consumed in the church yeah. and, a, and, a, and a big mus- misunderstanding that, that heaven is our final state, right? Like the new earth will be populated. With easy, the easy. Okay. That's a I whole nother. I'm, I'm just saying like it, it, <laughs> there's a I'm trying to think about how to put this even in heaven, which we would call the intermediate state. Right. Right. Um, there, there's some kind of holy dissatisfaction still, I think, mm-hmm. um, holy angst, right? For what's about to come. And maybe I'm not using the right words or phrasing it correctly, but I I believe that scripture communicates that people that are there know that there's still something more. Yeah. Like until we're resurrected physically, right? And our, our spirits are joined back to our bodies. We know there's something more. Sure. 
Yeah, no, I get that. So thinking about being a, you know, fluffy spirit thing floating around in clouds. Yeah, singing where for does eternity. that come from, bro? Hey, this is another one of my hot tops. These are, <laughs> what do you call them? Like a bee in my bonnet? Um, <laughs> yeah, you, chops my saddle? I don't know. No, what no, I wouldn't use that one. <laughs> is that not? <laughs> I thought that was a real phrase. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it might be, but I really grinds it. my gears. There, there you go. go. What really grinds my gears is that people really get their theology of what heaven is like by Hollywood, right? That's yeah. why a lot of people think they float on clouds. Yeah. It's not floating on clouds. It's not like this spiritual, ethereal experience. Yep. And one of the texts we have, if we get to it to, uh, today, is uh, talking about that we will we will physically have bodies in the final state. Right. And I think that, that a lot of people don't understand that. It's a spirit. Some people think, here's another. Here's another one. This one really grinds my gears too. Okay. For, the, for only the reason that I think it's important to read our Bibles and understand it and look at our Bibles more than movies. But when you die, you don't get wings. You don't turn into an angel. I don't get a halo? You don't get a halo. Humans, when they die... Do I end up better looking than I do now? <laughs> Heaven <laughs> hopes so, okay? Oh, my goodness. And the, and the flip side of that is that too many people have allowed Hollywood, culture, whatever, mm -hmm. um, to... To deter or to help them understand what hell looks like. Yeah. Right. Not just heaven, but all the time. Playing poker and smoking cigars. Yeah. Like I'll have a beer with no, my buddies. That's like, a Saturday night. At least it'll be a party down there because my friends will be there. Right. Yeah. And, and like literally described as eternal punishment. Yeah. Eternal punishment. Yeah. One of the most common words used, I think, is fire and gnashing of teeth. Right. Those. Yeah. No. Like Jesus compares it to the pit outside of the city that is full of dead and dying people where yeah. they just throw people into the like landfill. Yeah. Compared to a landfill that is continually burning because they set it on fire and there's so much garbage continually be put on. It's an island that's continually burning and it's burning the trash. Yeah. So we absolutely, especially as Christians, we cannot allow culture and media to inform our opinions of what comes after death. Yeah. Well, that's a 10 minute intro. Let's get to some interviews. Okay. All right. So this first one, you, you want to tell us about this first one? It's our it's our Mormon friend. Yeah, yeah. So I just reached out to some people, blasted it out on Facebook and social media, and just asked people to record an answer to the question, what happens when we die? Um, our hope was that it was kind of, you know, an off-the-top-of-your-head response, kind of knee-jerk, you know, just what is already there. Don't study. Yeah, right, we literally said, don't, don't do any study. This is literally like, what's on your mind right now? And because we didn't really necessarily want a studied answer. We want what's floating in our minds as we're living every single day. What's floating in our minds. Yeah. And so we got, a, we got answers from a good variety of people. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. All right. Here's the first one. You know, after we die, our spirits and our bodies will separate. And our spirits will go to a place we call the spirit world, there to await the resurrection of Jesus Christ and eventually every soul who's lived on earth. The righteous will be in a place of paradise, a place of peace and of rest. While the, those who didn't accept the Savior or didn't have a chance to hear his teachings and accept the Savior will be in a place of learning where they can have an equal opportunity at the blessings that the righteous enjoy. And after we will be judged by our Heavenly Father on our faith, our obedience, and have a place in his kingdom. And those who, who didn't accept the Savior will still have a place of, of love and of glory, but not to be compared with the, the place that the righteous will be. Those who accepted the Savior were obedient to the commandments of God and had a love for God always, there to be in his presence forever. So even the worst of the worst get a place of glory and love. Glory. Yeah. Yeah. 
What else? Uh, uh, unpack this for us. Oh, okay. So we're just gonna take one at a time. Oh, that. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Hey, this That's proves fine. again. We do not. We prepare. made a promise yeah. that we intentionally would not like sit down and spend a bunch of time preparing. That this is just conversation style, answering questions, really important things going on in our lives. Okay? Yeah. Five minutes ago, you kicked me out of your office because you had to study for this. <laughs> I, had to so. write, I had to write my notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Anyways, go on. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. So, um, in, in this understanding of you know, what happens when you die, uh, there's still an opportunity um, for, he said, a time of learning, right? And, mm-hmm. and so um, I think based on that, their understanding would be that when we die, um, our, our eternal destinations are not sealed, mm-hmm. right? Or solidified, right. Or however you want to put it. That's not the Christian understanding, nope. right? The Christian understanding is that when you die, your time is up. You will either go to heaven or you will go to hell. Yeah, and the reason we believe that is because that's what the Bible says. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we don't use any extra biblical text, right? right? And so, to be fair to, to him, um, he's using text that, that is extra biblical. Uh, Book of Mormon, Correct. Doctrine and Covenants. I'm not sure exactly where that Pro would come great from. Price. Yeah, Pro of Great Price. Yeah. Um, we only use the Bible. And so, when you only use the Bible, it doesn't leave room for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right, so the next three, we're going to play the next three in, in a row. And keep in mind, um, these are just raw audios again, right? Recorded uh, on cell we're, phones. We're trying to keep it super unpolished. Uh, so this next one's, I think, probably my favorite. And what what is the show you must know to understand how this one ends? Parks and Rec? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, yes, they're, <laughs> the person <laughs> in, the, in this next clip is trying to make... A Parks and Recreation reference, the, the TV show. And are you trying to leave it, this person nameless? For now. Okay. Let's listen to Bethany Pierce's response. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's recording. I'm supposed to say the question? Yeah. What happens when someone dies? Um, I believe that if you are a Christian, you go to heaven. And if you don't believe in God, straight to jail. I don't know if you count, but (laughs) CJ literally right before he stops the recording says, okay, I can't use this. (laughs) So yeah, that was my wife. I I did ask her the question that we were asking a lot of different people. Um, She tried to make a joke. I wasn't in the mood for jokes. So I stopped recording. She asked if she could redo it. And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) So she said uh, her her answer is basically, um, is basically going to be the same as these next two. Let's listen to these. Yeah. Okay, and so make sure that this can hear you. Okay. Right? Okay, so Anna, what do you think happens when you die? Um, I think that Christians go to heaven and people who don't believe in God or don't believe in Jesus go to hell. Okay, awesome. Thank you. When we die, people that have not accepted Jesus into their heart will go to hell and people that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior, will go to heaven. All right, so what we got there are two, uh, well, including Bethany, we'll, we'll say three answers that says, essentially, when you die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. Yeah. And you go to uh, heaven if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, that on the cross, your uh, iniquities and sins were placed upon him, and that the the debt that was owed for those sins was paid in full on the cross. And so when we stand before uh, the Lord on judgment day, they see the work of Christ and not us because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness. And that puts us in right standing with the Lord. 
the Lord God is perfect and deserves perfection. And so that is how we're able to be in the presence of the Lord is because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah. If you do not place your faith in the work of Christ that accomplishes all that I just said, then you go to hell, which is where we all actually deserve to go. So there's none of us that don't deserve that. It is by the love and grace of God that we're able to be forgiven through the work of Christ. Yep. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to point out, um, the, the recording of the girl is sounding very young. Uh, I think she's 13. And mm-hmm. what I appreciated about her response and the others, right, they all say the same thing. I just use her as an example. Um, she pointed out, you know, if you believe in God, you go to heaven. But then she caught herself and said, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's, yeah. that's ex- exactly, <laughs> uh, that's the most appropriate use yeah. of sound effects that you I got you, it this time. You got it. All right. Um, yeah. It's by Jesus, right. That we go to heaven. It's not a generic belief in God or a God mm-hmm. um, because God, that word is just a title, right? Yeah. Or, so, our, so, and this is side note, yeah. but God is not God's name. Right. God is not the God that we believe in's name. Right. Right. And right. a lot of people think that. Yeah. We're talking about Yahweh of the yep. Bible. Yep. Right. And, and Jesus Christ, you know, the uh, second member of the Trinity it is by him that you get to heaven. He said that no one comes to the father except through me. Yep. One way. There is one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ and the atonement on the cross. So all roads don't lead to heaven. There's not multiple ways, multiple religions, multiple belief systems that get you no. to heaven. And what it's I, what I love Jesus. is that a 13 year old knows that bingo, you know, she caught herself and, and said exactly right. If you believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. Yep. No, that's good. That's super encouraging. Hey, uh, shout out to a uh, cornerstone youth program. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And here's the, uh, uh, last, last one. Hey, this is Mike Mullen and I am a Christian answering the question. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the question, what happens when we die? Well, my first thoughts go to the various authors who have written books like 90 Minutes in Heaven, 23 Minutes in Hell, Heaven is for Real, etc. But I am a skeptic when it comes to these narratives. So, like most of us, I suppose I'll have to be content to unveil that post-mortem mystery when I get there. But one thing I do believe is this. Our faith needs to be grounded in the here and now. If our faith is not worthwhile without a belief in the afterlife then I do not believe our faith is worthwhile. The kingdom of God is here and now. Die new. All right. So if I were to try to summarize this mm-hmm. um, as simply as possible, he is saying that I don't know really what happens after I die, but you have to believe in an afterlife. Otherwise, any faith here on earth does not matter. Yeah. Yeah, I... Well, I think he's saying... Well, let, let me do this disclaimer. Okay, okay. So right. this this interview from this guy, so I, I value him for two reasons. He's a creation of God, and also he he absolutely does not believe what I believe, but he's willing to have conversations yeah. and stick with the conversations and typically not bail with some red herring or some flippant comment or... Sure. Yeah. Some you're not you're not smart enough to understand, or I'm too smart to understand you, right? Right. So yeah. usually the conversation yeah. continues, and it's a good conversation, even though we disagree. And so that is why we kind of reached out and we accepted uh, this response. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know he's comfortable with being identified as a progressive Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we view the Bible differently, and we interpret the Bible differently, and we see it as 
to, to varying degrees valuable, right? Um, and I, from my conversations with him, I, I think what he's saying is that um, what's really important, like what counts is what's happening on earth um, because I think he believes that basically everybody is saved to some degree. Um, and so he's not so much worried about what's coming after this life. That's less important, right? Because if Jesus' atonement from his understanding um, happened, then it happened for everybody. Yeah, and that no matter where we're going, it's someplace better and okay, and you're going to be fine. And so there's no real pressure of when I die, where do I go? Right. It's more like we're all going to go to some place and be on different levels of something. And so let's make everyone more comfortable here. Yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. And, and so lots of social work, right? Like lots of wells being dug. Yeah. Which are of, good things. Yeah. Right. When we yeah. talked about this in other episodes, like yep. lots of, you know, maybe food ministries, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another example of that kind of minute, but very practical. Yeah. Right. Like let's make people healthy so, yeah. and happy and comfortable yep. um, until they get to heaven. And, and there's merit in doing those things. We are supposed to do those things. I don't think they're ultimate. Um, and I don't think that our faith is grounded in those things. Right. So, so I would disagree on those. subject believe that, well, if you, if your faith is not placed squarely in Christ and Christ alone, then there is an alternative. That alternative is eternity in hell and not in heaven. That does light a fire of, we need to make sure people's faith are in the right thing. Because I think the majority of people, maybe all, but the, at the very least, the majority of people have faith in something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, if it's not in Christ, then you go to hell. Right. And it's, and, and it's because that's what all of us really deserve. As soon as we sinned or rebelled against the creator and us as creation rebelled against that creator... We deserve that eternal separation, and we deserve whatever hell is. We deserve punishment from a sovereign God that created and sustains all things and holds things together. Yep. Um, and yeah. so if there are two options like that, then we really should discuss it, and that when we go dig wells, we should absolutely be talking about Jesus. And when we serve the poor, we should absolutely be talking about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And he can correct us in the comments here if we've, misrepresented something yeah absolutely um, in any of them can even bethany <laughs> even bethany can't yeah um and, and and to this point i even had this written down in my notes uh, matthew 25 45 through 46 says then he will answer them saying truly i say to you as you did not do it to one of the least of these you did not do it to me and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life mm-hmm And he is tying, like, you have to be doing things, right? But that doing is an outworking of your belief, right? So a right belief is absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, In John, Jesus says that if you you don't believe in me, then, like, you stand condemned already. Yes. So there is condemnation for those who are not clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just works. It's not just being kind Mm -hmm. to people, you know, whatever standard you might use to determine what's kind. There is... Um, an essential element of right belief. You have to believe on Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That, that is part of what comes into the necessity of preaching and teaching. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why we take the gospel with us when uh, we send missionaries and then do the wills and, and, and help the poor and things like that because there is a right belief. And um, 
And we, we've actually quoted that text already in another podcast. So we'll continue. There's one point I want to make, uh, and I'll go through a couple of them here until CJ stops me. Uh, the first is that, that we die. Like our bodies yeah. are temporary. And that's important for us to remember. Um, and that is, uh, so clinical death, just to <laughs> wrap our minds around this, that is like no heartbeat, no breathing, no brain activity. And, you know, at what point does the soul separate from the body? Because we obviously bury the body. So there's obviously some separation that happens and that is the spirit leaves. Okay. So, um, or the soul is, how do we, how do we know when that happens? So between the point when your heart stops and then there's no heartbeat, no breathing, no brain activity, or when you're, uh, you stop breathing, but the heartbeat's still going or the heartbeat stops or, you know, but there's still brain activity. When? Well, I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. what I do know is that those things happen within two to four minutes usually. And so um, typically death is going to ha- happen whether clinically or spiritually um, in that moment within uh, two to four minutes. And um, maybe Enoch and Elijah, <laughs> you know, didn't yeah. die, but you know, Jesus right. still died. Yeah. He was, and that's important to our theology <laughs> that Jesus actually died. Uh, and that he just was raised from the dead as he promised and he was faithful to his promise. So, right. Um, so yeah, he wh- actually paid a penalty yep. for an actual offense against an actual God. You better not say substitutionary atonement. <laughs> CJ. Penal, uh, penal substitutionary, substitutionary atonement. atonement. We absolutely 100 percent believe that penal <laughs> substitutionary atonement. Can I jump absolutely. in with two things and then all right, go ahead and give it back to you. I have okay. a text here, but we'll get that. I have a text too. Okay, I wonder if it's yours. the same one. It might be. Uh-oh. Okay, all right. So um, I wanted to touch on why we die. Okay, is that what you had? Read, read your text, bro. Okay, okay, okay. You got okay, something okay. to say, say it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Romans 5.12. Um, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Right? So we die because our um, head of the human race, Adam, sinned. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're of- saying if there was no sin in the Garden of Eden, we would not have died. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think that's very clear. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the second one, and I'll give it back to you. Uh, this is uh, Romans 6.23. So again, the Apostle Paul, for the wages of sin is death, but the free but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we die because of Adam. The penalty for that sin, right? Because the death is really only part of the curse. The real penalty um, is death. Yep. I feel like I messed that up. No, I... Okay. I, I think we get, and also we can rewind, right? Whoever's listening can be like, wait, what just happened? Right. Yeah, yeah, think about yeah. it. So the wages of sin is death. Right. right? <laughs> I, I yeah. made that way more complicated. <laughs> I, I was reading scripture and I confused myself. <laughs> <laughs> happens to the best of us. All right. All right. One thing that I think is tremendously important when we're talking about what happens when we die is this immediately with Christ. So, um, is there like a limbo you go into? Is there a, uh, spiritual sleep? Is there a spiritual slumber? When you die, you are immediately with the Lord. The thing that I point to the most just because it's simple and it's also surrounded by a text that many people already know is Luke 23, 39 through 43. I'll read it for you here. Uh, it says, and this is, uh, uh, Jesus has uh, went through his trials. He's been beaten and flogged. He's been uh, he's been taken out to uh, Golgotha. He's on the cross, hanging there, and uh, there's criminals on uh, the other on sides of him who have committed crimes and are going to be punished justly. And uh, this is verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. So they're hurling insults at Jesus, who's hanging next to him. 
And this is what they say. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So just as uh, the thief on the cross had maybe a deathbed confessional, Jesus says that you will be with me today. And mm. so when you die, you are immediately with the Lord. And so this idea of to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord is yeah. absolutely what we believe. So in the practical application of that is for the people listening who are sick or on their deathbed or who worry about death constantly is that when you die, you are immediately with the Lord. In paradise. In paradise. You know, it's not some soul sleep. Right. Right, you're with the Lord, not in limbo or purgatory or any weird place of learning. Yeah. You're with him in paradise. Yeah, and we just answered one of the biggest questions around what happens when we die is right there is first off, it's with Jesus and there is heaven and it is immediate. Yeah. All those things are what plague people who are where death is knocking at their door. All right, so then um Another point I want to make is that Jesus is in heaven, okay? He uh, was resurrected, and he ascended into heaven, and that is where he resides. And in fact, I would believe that heaven is where the Trinitarian God resides. And so uh, it's not like there is a place that has confinements that was made um, and that only that place can be heaven. And if God leaves, he has left heaven, and uh, now we are there without him that that God, where God dwells, is heaven. And I want to read um, a couple of the verses here, and then I'll talk about them. Uh, f- and this is for primary, primarily, I know, we, to be honest, we've talked way more about hell than I thought we were. So these texts were to try to interject and in talk about heaven. Right, yeah, I was going to try and turn the corner also. So, <laughs> so let me say this, and then we'll, we'll turn, turn the corner, because okay. these, these are about hell. Yeah. This is for us to be reminded that when people say, Jesus never talked about hell, all I'm going to do is just in Matthew, quote, a few of the times that Jesus talks about hell. And this is in Matthew chapter 5. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. This is chapter 10. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell verse uh, chapter 13 and throw them into the fiery furnace in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth this is matthew chapter 25 and he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels so those are things jesus is saying And so let us never mistake or be told wrongly or be taken captive by empty philosophies uh, and deceit saying that Jesus never talked about hell. There absolutely is a hell. Yeah. And the debate on should we scare people into heaven or not, that's for another podcast. Yep. Yeah. And and one thing that I run into, especially talking with progressive Christians, um, is that they say, and I've heard this said from them, right? Not all of them, but some of them will say that the only place that we should derive um, our 
our idea of God, our image of God, what we think of God um, is from Jesus, right? So basically the four gospels. Well, I'm okay with that when it comes to this, right? Because Jesus talks enough about what happens when we die uh, for us to get a full picture of that. He talks explicitly about hell, mm-hmm. about punishment, eternal punishment. Yeah, the apostles talk about hell. Jesus talks about hell. Um, it's recorded in, in all the gospels. So right. I mean, it, it's all over. I did just pick this one because we just did like an 85-year study through Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's pretty fresh in my mind. It's been some people's entire high school career. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving Anyways. right along. Turn the corner okay, for okay. us. Um, I just wanted to read you know, a, a short uh, statement out of this book, The Promise of the Future by Cornelius, Cornelius P. Venema. Get the marbles um, out. Okay. Um, this is really my favorite book when it comes to eschatology, um, personal eschatology, you know, our end times, and also like the end of time. Mm-hmm. Um, just lays a lot of views out there in very clear language. Great little book. Um, he says this, The biblical hope for the believer's future terminates not upon the intermediate state, but upon the glorification the believer will receive, well, I'm sorry, will experience in union with Christ and other believers at the consummation of Christ's saving work. The believer does not place his or her confidence for the future in the immortality of the soul, but rather in the resurrection of the body. And so I just kind of guiding us into more of like heaven and and intermediate state, right? Um, I think that I grew up thinking heaven was it. I had no idea that the Bible talks about much more than that. And so I didn't even know until later in life that my body would be resurrected. Like I thought it really was like dead Hmm. and gone. And and that's not our final hope, right? Our final hope is a new body that's not sick, that's not ailing, that's not in pain, that doesn't, you know, creak when we move and, and give us trouble and limit what we can do. Um, it's a perfected body, a glorified body. Let right. me interject because w- one of the questions we have to answer in this yeah. um, that were one of our um, listener questions was, so when we die, uh, is it okay to do cremation or should we do burial or should we visit, should we even visit graves? Um, and what should we do there? And so um, my, my thoughts, if you want to add anything to it afterwards, you can too. Yeah. Um, I think that there's nothing wrong with cremation. There's nothing wrong with burying. There's nothing wrong with visiting graves, but I had, um, uh, a pastor that I, that I still respect, um, very much tell me this, that there's probably nothing wrong with any of the others, but he, if we really believe that the body is going to be resurrected and we're teaching that and preaching that and living that, and then when we die, we're like, okay, burn that sucker up. Yeah. It's, it might, it might, um, communicate something that is maybe just tangent to scripture. Although I don't think it's sinful, right? Agreed. But uh, that there might be something for us to consider. Like, what are we in our in our final moment um, here on Earth? What are we communicating to the world around us? And I think similarly, should you go to grave sites? Because their question is, should we go to grave sites when we know that like they are still alive in eternity? Um, their body is just here. It'll be resurrected. Is it okay to do that? And I would say, I understand where the question is coming from. What are we communicating? Um, because when you go to a grave site, typically the thought is like, oh, it's over and they're there. Um, the last, you know, the last remaining part of them is there and it's dead and gone. And we don't believe that. Um, but I would still think that, um, that you can go there for other purposes as well. And you can still visit graves, uh, to remember them and stuff. And I think that there's plenty 
Um, so here's, here's the thing. Sometimes people ask those questions and um, they're like, I'm really concerned about what I'm communicating to people around me when I go there. But yet in their everyday life, they're never talking about the gospel anyways. And I would say, hey, there's probably, <laughs> there's probably plenty of ways for you in your everyday life to proclaiming what happens when you die. And that if somebody wants to visit um, a gravesite, that that's okay. And use those other opportunities to be saying, hey, I go and visit them here, but I will see them again sometime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I would agree that I don't think cremation is sinful. Um, I've chosen not to be cremated, you know, filling out documents and stuff for the future. Um, <laughs> and, and, and my my perspective in that is I, I hope that the last thing that I communicate to people on earth is my hope in Christ. And tied up in that is the hope of my bodily resurrection. Sure. Right? And so, I, and I know, like, you know, you hear questions like, well, what about the sailor that sinks at sea and his body disintegrates? Right. right? Or, the, or the soldier yeah, you know, that is blown yeah. Or blown someone up. that burns up in a house fire. Yeah. Right? You know, what, what about those? I'm not saying that what I do impedes Christ's ability to resurrect a body Absolutely. or to bring atoms back together and form someone. Yeah. He created man out of dirt. He can, he yeah. can re, he can resurrect a man who's been burned or blown. Absolutely. I'm more concerned about what am I communicating? Right. What am I communicating? Yeah, that's good. What? <laughs> Not this. So, Hey, you wrap up. I got a text I want to close with. So if, Okay, so I just wanted to read from the confession real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Exactly. Um, We're at 37 minutes. People don't got all day, 37 man. 37 minutes? That went fast. You're blabbering on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'd like to see a word count yeah, between the two of us. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, so uh, this London Baptist Confession of 1689, Chapter 31, uh, the state of man after death and the resurrection of the dead. The bodies of men after death return to dust and see corruption, but their souls which neither die nor sleep, having an immortal subsistence, immediately return to God who gave them the souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness, are received into paradise, yeah. where they are with Christ and behold the face of God in light and glory, waiting for the full redemption of their bodies. And the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torment and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day. Besides these two places for souls separated from their bodies, the scripture acknowledges none. That's it. And has some, you know, smaller points after that. But yeah, I mean, that, that's the historic 60 belief. second breakdown. Do a 60 second breakdown on that. Yeah. So basically someone who everything, just woke up, maybe is listening. To this. <laughs> okay. So everything that we've talked about um, is what historically Christianity has believed. And you can go all the way back to the Apostles' Creed, which is written or finalized, not even written, but finalized maybe second or third century. And a, and a side note is that uh, that is one of the reasons we value confessions and creeds, right? Yeah. Because we get to look back and say the ones that were closest to this, what did they believe before um, possibly things started getting uh, tangled up a little bit? So yeah. what were the initial, the, you know, the early church, what were they, what, what did they believe and what did they know to be true? Right. And so we can go back to that as a foundation. Right. And they felt that it was necessary as a test of Orthodox Christianity. Right. They wouldn't baptize you unless you affirm this, that you believed in the future hope of a resurrected body. Yep. Physical and so bodily resurrection. People that were maybe a generation removed from the apostles in Christ were saying this. Mm -hmm. And then we can trace it from there all the way down through creeds and confessions to what we're talking about today. These aren't novel ideas. We're not trying to come up with anything new or fancy mm -hmm. or innovative, right? Yeah. We're just confessing Christianity. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. That's all I got. Dude, that, those la- that last 30 seconds, you should make a clip of that. And we should, just, <laughs> we should post that and bail on the rest of this. <laughs> all right. So are you, are you good? I'm good. All right. I'm going to read this. Text. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, 14 through 5, I think 10. So I want to read this. This is something um, that for as we think about uh, what happens when we die, um, this is theology here, but this is also just something I think that does a really good job preparing us for those last moments. And in fact, they just had a call from somebody this last week um, who's struggling with a, a family member passing. That family member um, is possibly um, getting a little nervous. And I compared it to, I've, I've heard this before. I think that like right now I can cognitively say that like I have confidence that when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord because of the work of Jesus and the love of Christ. So with, with that, I can have confidence in that. And just like at weddings, sometimes right before the wedding, you get like these, and I never did, man. I was ready to like jump in head first, right? But I'm just saying some people get cold feet, right? We've had that phrase. Uh, And I think part of that comes from is that all of this is really coming to a head. And there's this cold feet thing. I think some people that get close to death, they have this experience where they start getting, it's not cold feet necessarily, but that feeling of like a little bit of panic, a little bit uh, of tension, um, a little bit of of fear or concern. And, uh, and just like in a wedding also, I, I really believe that many of these people I've talked to in that moment, when, when it is time, when their breaths away from meeting the Lord, um, it's like standing on the altar and you have no fear. You, you, know, you feel, you feel comfortable on the altar and you're yeah. ready. It's like a stillness. This yeah. 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 And so for those people in that, in that middle ground there, um, this is good. And also just first to be uh, reminded of second Corinthians chapter four, 14. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. And that's just one of those summarizing, summarizing statements um, that a common thread throughout Scripture is that God gets the glory, and he gets the glory through this. When people have placed their faith in, in uh, his son and die, he is glorified. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying and our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, which is an absolute truth. But the things we cannot see will last forever. For we know that when this earthly tent, right, tent is temporary, we live in, is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. So I do not believe that there are specific houses with my name on it uh, waiting for me, but that it is permanent. I will have a house for eternity in heaven. And then it goes on to explain it. An eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to be put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. That's the text I was talking about. I did bring it. There it is. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. 
God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, but then we will be at home with the Lord, for then we'll be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. There's several things in there I have in bold that obviously you can't see, but it just hits several of the things we just talked about through that. And, um, yeah. So I hope I hope that has in, in, has some ability as it's scripture to pierce into the heart of those of us who uh, maybe even rightfully are concerned with what happens when we die and we want to know those answers. And so we covered a couple things. I'll hit a couple. CJ will hit a couple and we'll get out of here. The first is that we do die and that we there's a reason why we die. And CJ covered that. Also. When we die, we are immediately with the Lord. There is no waiting. There is no uh, painful state. There is no second chances. We are immediately with the Lord, and those are for the people who have placed their faith in Christ alone. Also that Jesus is in heaven, and that's where we go. We know that Jesus talks about hell, and that hell is a reality for those who do not place their faith in Christ alone. And then also we have things that talk about heaven being eternally eternal and with the lord and that there will be a judgment and to some he'll say well done well done good and faithful servant and will be welcomed into the kingdom and for others he'll say away with you for i never knew you and those ones will be cast into the lake of fire with weeping and gnashing of teeth final words cj I'm just going to read something. All right. Two quick passages that I wanted to get in here. Uh, Philippians 3.21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 19. Mm. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Right on. Well, we hope that uh, this has answered the question, what happens when you die? We'll see you again in another two weeks. And until then, we would ask that you go to our Apple Podcasts, our other platforms, and like, subscribe, all those good things so that we can know you're listening and provide more content. All right, we'll see you guys later.